Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 403, recorded live on Sunday, March 15th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man who is with family on Pi Day, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who had to go to work, Andy Lowe. Hi. Oh. I know we were this close to recording on Pi Day. This close. <laughs> this, how close is this close, Andy? Bearing in mind that we cannot see how far away your fingers are from each other. I just realized that. I'm like, this... Oh, wait. This close... Um, um, an inch close? We were within an inch of recording in Pi Day? We missed it by that much. How much? Mm, that much. That much? Yeah. That... Okay. I don't know how much that much is. I was trying to do a Get Smart impression. Okay. Which I realized I, I didn't do enough of the nasally part of that. Lost my on me. Having never watched Get Smart. You've never seen Get Smart? I don't think I have. Oh. Another thing, though, I just got to ask. Have you seen Victor Borga? In person? Well, no, it's seen his stuff. Yeah. Okay. Phonetic punctuation. That That's an exclamation point. Thank you. That's just a period, right? Yes. Yeah. You forgot to put your question mark, though. <laughs> Yes, I've seen uh, I, I've seen some Victor Borga skits. There's phonetic punctuation. There's some of his piano work, which is just incredible. A very skilled pianist. Yeah, just caught a random thing of him on uh, PBS. Side note: Our PBS station is finally working with our TiVo. Cool. It's only Why been wasn't it? <laughs> let's see. Moved in here 2008. Seven years later. Yeah. So it's. Yeah, we moved from here at eight. Yeah, seven years later, finally have the TiVo and the dish receiver box to agree on what channel is PBS. Cool. And now I can record things on PBS. It's going to be nice. Yay, PBS. So yeah, I had to go to work yesterday. That was fun. And inhaled a lung full of dust bunnies. Ooh. Yeah. Aren't, aren't you allergic to that? Yes, which is why I kind of had to stop after about two and a half hours. I'm like, I I can't I can't spend Guys, any more time under I need here some trying fresh to figure air. this out. You need, some, you need to clear your lungs of the allergen. So do you have to go back today? No, I'm not going to go back today. It's I got to figure out what I'm going to do with that one. But I t- Wear a respirator mask, perhaps? Oh, but it's so hot in that studio, and I gotta be in there with enough time. So. You don't need a full face mask; you just need something covering your mouth. Yeah, I just I might go there in there with uh, my electronic vacuum cleaner, so you know I don't create any uh, static charges on all the bare wiring that's underneath there. Yes, and just vacuum the hell out of that thing. But oh, there's so much random mom and pop sort of hand built stuff. Which is, I, I'm okay with, you know. I love the DIY sort of things there. But put some frickin' labels on things. It's, uh Yeah, but it, it's someone else's problem, right? I mean, that's that's the mentality whenever you're doing... Well, like, I know what this represents. I don't need to worry about that in the future. If it ever comes to the point where I need to figure it out again, we're just going to redo the whole thing anyway. <sighs> That's honestly when I was uh, when I was when I was hunting for my job and I was at the interviews. That was asked like that was one of the questions I asked the the people who I was interviewing. Who were interviewing you? Yeah. So was the, you know at the very end, they're like, do you have any questions for me? Yeah. And so my question always was, what happens if your engineer gets in a car accident and dies tomorrow? <laughs> 
what are you going to do? Yeah. And it's it was scary when the people were like, well, I don't know. Well, but how often was the person interviewing you the person who would actually take action? Uh, most of the time it was the uh, station manager, the brand. It was the people in charge who would be the first person called saying, hey, our engineer has just been in a car accident. What are we supposed to do? Ah, uh, it's really funny is they probably left that interview going like, holy shit, what would I what do we do? There are a couple of times where people are like, well, crap, we don't have any plan in place for that. If he he dies, um, he's the only one who's got keys to the transmitter building. And I'm like, well, that's a bad sign. (laughs) Like, well, you you might want to take care of that, you know? You just have like a spare set, you know, somewhere. (laughs) Maybe in your pocket, being the station manager. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, Andy, how many engineers' lives did you just, like, ruin because now their private space isn't private. I don't know. <laughs> I told you about to the uh, the frequency modulator story, right? No. Okay. Or if you did, I don't remember it. Okay, so I heard this listening to one of my podcasts about the radio industry. And this guy had an engineer was in there working for like 30 years or something like that. Yeah. He got let go. They brought in a contract engineer, you know, in case there was any issues. Contract engineer gets a call from the station saying, oh, our, uh, according to our frequency monitor, it seems that we're actually shifting. So instead of being on 88.7, it's on like 88.5 or 88.6. It's like it's shifting. That's not good. No, not good. So the guy turns on his radio. He's got a – this is actually like a special monitor where you can actually like hear the frequency and get it down to like the actual like hertz almost. Okay. And he's like, "No, you guys are uh, you guys are right on." It's like, "Well, no, the the thing here is uh, is drifting." And so, can, can you come in and look at it? He's like, "Fine, I'll I'll come in here and just take a peek at it." Goes to the transmitter site. The piece of equipment that was supposed to be broadcasting the frequency was attached to a nine volt battery. And so, <laughs> when the monitor said that the frequency was drifting, was the fact that the battery was running out of juice. Because it's a 9-volt battery. Yeah. So the the battery was running out of juice, and therefore the engineer had to go out to the transmitter site and fix the issue, i.e. replace the 9-volt battery. 9-volt, yeah. Wow. So yeah, that that shows how often, you know, anybody else went out there. Taking two looks at the thing going, why is this not actually attached to the transmitter? Hmm. Because the engineer was too lazy. Mm Mm-hmm. Now the the real follow-up then is, with this urban legend, did the contractor fix the issue yes by reconnecting it to the transmitter yes okay wow nine volt battery yep which reminds me uh if you know this without googling then awesome if you don't know it without googling then don't worry about googling because i can just google it later the current from a nine volt is the same as a triple a correct Maximum current from a 9-volt battery depends on what the battery is made of. Not not the uh, milliamp hours, just the current, the amps. Well, the amps you can pull from a battery... It has a, it's rated for something. Yeah. I mean, yes, it changes, but it is rated. I think they should be the same. Okay, that's all I needed to know. But yeah, don't quote me on that one. That, oh. Okay, I'll look it up. The fan that I built, yeah, where I took eight AAA batteries to get to twelve volts. I'm I'm going to need to overvolt the the fan. I need to overclock the fan, as it were. Okay, it's not producing enough airflow. I probably could have told you that. I think I did told you that. Yeah, well, but I wanted to do it at what the fan was rated for and find out. Ah, I also put the the potentiometer on it, and it's working fine. Oh yeah, have you seen the pictures from all the people going to the Radio Shack places? Nope. 
the uh, second round of stores, I think, was closing over the last weekend. Yeah. And so they basically just had a thing there where you show up with a bag and you fill that bag and you get that bag for like $25. Whoa, there's some pretty expensive stuff in Radio Shack. Yeah, well, this is also what's left after, you know, the markdowns of who knows how low. This is the, we just need to get it out of our system. And so people were just taking those bags and just literally just taking all of the components that were left and just dumping them into the bag. Yeah, because they're small and expensive. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) the uh, funny part was the fact that the cashier then had to scan all of the individual items. Yep. So these bags were about as long as the Radio Shack store is deep. The the receipts? Yeah, the receipts. Yep. So there was somebody at the back of the store holding one end of the receipt, and you see like the people all the way on the other side of the store holding the other end of the receipt, and you're like, oh, all that spare parts. Yep. So yeah, I'm thinking about swinging by just to see what's left there in ours. Uh, the the one Radio Shack that was closing in Madison is long gone. Okay. Yeah, the the one in the mall is already closed. The one that's nearest to me is in the third tier of closures. So I think they're at about, I think they're in the 70 to 80% range this week. So that's pretty impressive. Like, yeah, it's, I think it's oh, yeah. two more weeks. Two in Kalamazoo. There's going to be one it. up on Gall Road that's actually going to stay open. So at least you've got something in town. Cool. Looks like only one in Ann Arbor, except the names on all of these are totally wrong. The one in Ann Arbor, it says Auburn Hills. That's not right. The one at Kalamazoo says Lansing, and the one in Jackson says Kalamazoo. That's not right. I think the map is wrong. (laughs) 4520 Stadium, that's the one in in Kalamazoo, isn't it? Yes, that is the one that's in the third tier. So why is it, this map is wrong. (laughs) This map is very, very, very wrong. At least it yeah. doesn't have anything labeled as There Be Dragons here on it. Uh, you know, it's about that accurate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So many store closings for Radio Shack. So sad. Uh-huh. End of an era. But not really. The era ended a while ago. Which is funny because they're closing right when the resurgent which we talked about is coming back into... Yeah, but... Well, I go to Radio Shack when I can order the parts online for less. Yeah, from like Mauser or from Jamco. From where or where? Mauser, M-O-U-S-E-R, I do believe. Yep, M-O-U-S-E-R, Mauser. Uh, DigiKey is another one. Jamco, J-A-M-E-C-O. How did I not find this before? Oh, my God. You could have asked. I was just looking on Amazon. Oh, my God. Electromechanical motors and drives, knobs and dials. Oh my god, you did not know about. Nope. Okay, so yeah, the big three for me are Jamco, J A M E C O, Mauser, M O U S E R, and Digikey, D I G I K A K E Y. Digikey, their website's just Digikey, all one word. Yeah. Yeah, you can order components still from like Texas Instruments by themselves. Molex have got their own store. It's a this is much more than what I needed though. <laughs> well, yeah, but if I'm looking for a specific capacitor that you know, yep, 500 microfarads and can handle 20 volts, and you know, is for not a surface mount component, but actually like uh, being able to be solderable. This Nine is volt where holder I got. or snap connector. Let's apply filters. Hey, look at that. I was very impressed with myself, by the way. I was able to solder things Ooh. without killing myself. 
Well, soldering is not the hard part. <laughs> it's hard to kill yourself soldering. Well, you can inhale a lot of fumes. That's why you have a fan on while you do it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that might have been a good idea. Oh. Oh, he says as he passes out. <laughs> oh, okay. Unit price, 60 cents. Yeah, but what's the chances I can order one? You should be able to order one. 60 cents for one. What's the shipping on that? That's the kicker right there. <laughs> like, I can order one, and this thing's light enough they could put it in an envelope and mail it. A standard package is 100 <laughs> I just want one. Can I just get one? Shipping estimate. And $10 shipping. Yeah, who are the winners <laughs> of Radio Shack going out of business? UPS, UPS. and FedEx. <laughs> wow, guys, wow. Okay. So speaking of online companies, Amazon and Alibaba. Yes, competitors for totally separate markets. Except that they're working somewhat together. How? Amazon.com has opened a imported goods store on an Alibaba website called Tmall.com. What? So what does that look like? I mean, I'm, am I buying from Alibaba? Am I buying from Amazon? Well, Tmall is a Chinese online retailer for selling to the Chinese market. Yes, it is indeed a Chinese retailer. As you've just gone to the website and seen all the Chinese? Yes. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing here right now. That's what Google translates for. Let's see what this turns out to be translated into. I see an Amazon.com logo. I don't know what's going on. Would you like to translate? Yes. Did it translate at all? No. <laughs> yeah, I just tried that as well. This page has been translated. No, it hasn't. No, it, no, it's not. They, they attempted to translate it, but there's so many images that it just can't translate them all. Yeah. So yeah, so Amazon's got a Chinese website, but according to um, a Beijing-based research firm, it's only 0.8% of the Chinese online retail market. Whereas Alibaba is significantly more? Yes. So Amazon's opening up a little, like, page on the Alibaba webs on the Alibaba's, not on Alibaba, but the, on the Tmall site. So it's going to try and focus on bringing in more imported goods to China. Cool. So they're going to uh, wine from the U.S., Lego toys, shoes. Good for Amazon. Wait, Lego isn't U.S., though. I, I know it's Danish, but still, it's probably, it's, it's an imported good into China. Okay, well, good for Amazon and good for, you know, world trade and the world economy. Best of luck to them. What does Alibaba get out of the deal? Probably a part percentage of, the of sales. This, yeah, that's what I'm guessing. It's a percentage of sales from the website. Okay. So yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. Like Amazon and Alibaba. Oh crap! Did somebody buy the other guy? Oh god! No, no, no. That that would not fly. No. I don't see either the U.S. government or the Chinese government saying yes. You can do that. Yeah. No. That would that would not work. So Etsy's trying to go public. Yeah, I think that this is going to be our our new form when people start setting IPOs. I like putting this kind of IPO watch in the, the link. Etsy would like to go open on the market. They are hoping to raise an incredible amount of money. $300 million. For an online store where people sell knickknacks that they make. I wonder how many successful businesses there are on Etsy. Do you think that they could do it? <gasps> I, I don't know, but okay, so those interested in owning a piece of this 
Etsy thing. IPO document where Etsy admitted that it has a history of operating losses. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I love it. All right. So we incurred net losses of fifteen point two million, zero point eight million, and two point four million for the years ending in 2014, and twenty twelve. As of December thirty first, twenty fourteen, we have an accumulated deficit of thirty two point four million. We may not achieve or maintain profitability in the future. Then why the hell are you are you trying to go public? I t- Why would you want to invest in this company when they are stating publicly we may not actually achieve profitability? We have literally the last three years they have not incurred a profit. Not only that, but if if that's yeah, it says respectively. So 2012 they lost 2.4 million. 2013 they only lost 0.8 million. That's not bad. <laughs> it's not only only eight tenths of a million dollars. Only not bad. they lost eight hundred thousand dollars in a year. That's for a tech company that's starting up. That's not bad. No. But then in 2014, they lost $15 million. Oh. That is 20 times as much as the year before. Oh, my goodness. That's, oh. Okay, 19 times as much. But still. Still, that's bad. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I mean, kudos to them for coming out publicly and saying, we are not profitable and we don't expect to be profitable. But why are you going public then? Who yeah. in their right mind would invest in that company? We ex- okay, I got I got to read the rest of this paragraph here because this is hilarious. We expect that our operating expenses will increase substantially as we hire additional employees, increase our marketing efforts, expand our operations, and continue to invest in the development of our platform, including new services and features for our members. These efforts may not these efforts may be more costly than we expect, and our revenue may not increase sufficiently to offset these additional expenses. In addition, as a public company, we will incur significant legal, accounting, and other expenses that we did not incur as a private company. Further, our revenue growth may slow, or our revenue may decline for a number of reasons, including those described in these risk factors. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the worst-case scenario of the company, and what they're really doing is saying... They're, they're protecting themselves. Yeah. Right? This is to put off the lawsuit of, you went public, and then I lost a shit ton of money on you. This hey, is how's them. Zynga doing, by the way? Uh, Zynga's stock? They're at 260 260 They went public at 8 bucks and then jumped up. it looks like? Yeah, something like that. And then it jumped up, like, really high immediately. Up to 15 and now they're down at 259 Yeah. And holding steady around there. I mean, it was way overvalued when it went public. Yeah. And let's check the Facebook. Facebook is probably huge. Seventy-seven ninety-three. Okay, so Facebook is actually now finally, finally double than double than what it yeah. used to be. Oh yeah, Facebook is is doing fine. For a while there, though, it took them a year. Yeah, a year to finally get the stock price above the opening price. It's always overvalued at opening. Yeah. And then there's the major dump-off later as soon as the uh, people who buy into the IPO are allowed to finally sell their shares. Yep, take a look at Activision. ATVI. ATVI? Yep. Oh, well then. Yeah, that merger with uh, Blizzard Vivendi did them pretty good. Back in 1993, it was at 83 cents. In 94, it was 33 cents. Oh, goodness. Yeah, those those people who had stock back in 94, they're well, pretty like happy. just owning Apple stock in the 90s. Apple stock in the 90s was a little scary. Yeah, 50 cents. Yeah, 
Apple stock in the 90s was $5. Now you're at 123. It's one of those things where it's like if he had known, but Apple in the 90s, nobody wanted to touch that with a 10-foot pole. December 20th, 96, Apple was 84 cents. 97, it was down to 40 cents. When did the Lisa get uh, released? I was way before. Oh, that was the 1980s? I think so. Cause that 1983. Was when, that was right before Jobs got kicked out. Yeah, 1983 that was. Okay. And he was kicked out for most of the 90s. Yeah. And then he came back, and then the company took off. Mm-hmm. Valued at $129 per share. So, speaking of Apple. Yeah. Spring Forward event happened on Monday. When we had to reset the clocks. Yep. Cute. So what was their springtime announcements? All right. So I got a list here. Uh, HBO HBO Now is going to arrive exclusively on the Apple TV. I am pissed about that. Not Apple TV, Apple devices. Okay, Apple devices. But I am a little pissed about that. I was looking forward to HBO cutting the cable. And now that I found that they've cut the cable only to be tied to Apple, not happy. Go on. Yeah, uh, $14.99 a month. First month is free. Yep. Apple TV is now down to $69. Oh, they need to compete with the Chromecast. Yeah. Which right? I'm actually that... quite, I'm about 90% pleased with my Chromecast. What's the 10%? Some of the video formats, I had to get third-party extensions in order to have it convert. Aww. But Do you have uh, Videocast? Yes, that's the one that I got. Yeah, that's incredible. Getting to play local content, yes. that was my only gripe about the Chromecast, and now that's gone. And once I can get it to work with my phone, that'd be even better, so then I can just pull up apps on my phone and throw it straight to the TV. Yep, but anyway, Apple TV is now cheaper because they have competition where they hadn't had that before. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, lots of iPhone sales, Apple Pay is increasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, research kit. Research kit. This was surprising, actually. I was like, oh, huh. Yeah. So Apple wants to use their phones as research devices for the medical industry. They want to crowdsource further, medical further research tying data. In, further tying in themselves to all the major healthcare industry, which is an interesting direction for them to go. But the idea is that your phone, your iPhone, can really be a useful medical diagnostic tool. And so they've already got HealthKit, right? And the whole HealthKit integration and that uh, pulls all your data together from all the different apps and, and sends it up to your doctor. Yeah. Google is doing the same thing with uh, Google Fit, Yep. right? It's pulling together different apps, which is actually kind of cool. The heart rate monitor I have can upload to Google Fit. Mine, since it's, you know, part of the Samsung infrastructure, does not play well with anything. Oh. Yep. Well, you can you can get this other software. When I say heart rate monitor, I mean the software on my phone, oh. which is the temper not the temperature, the color of your finger for your heart rate. Oh, mine is the uh, optical reader on my Gear Fit, which is now going off because there's a baseball game going on. It's baseball season already. Spring training. Another three oh. weeks until actual opening day. Does uh, Wisconsin and State play today? Yeah, 2.30. Yeah, 2.30. Selection Sunday should be at what, like 6-something? What? Selection Sunday should be today, right? Oh, for the tournament? Yeah. I have no idea. I just know the Big Ten final is today. Oh, man, it's in Chicago. I could drive down there. I'd have to leave now. Sorry, Andy. <laughs> we got to cut short. I'm going to go stand outside the stadium and see if I can get, like, you know, $300 scalped tickets. tickets. Yeah, to go watch the uh, Badgers and the Spartans. I do have to I say, that I'll... wouldn't be that bad of a game, but trying or, to get the tickets there for that thing, oh, my gosh. It would be a good game, but I'm not going to do it. 
because you know everybody from Wisconsin and Michigan State are going to be driving down there trying to get tickets because it yep. is in Chicago, which is right between the two. Yep. And wow, Badgers did really well this year. Thirty wins and three losses. Anyway, health kit and and research kit. And in fact, there's uh, there's already some news about research kit because Stanford did a trial. They launched a, a study and they asked people to sign up through Apple's research kit, and they got eleven thousand applicants. Which, according to Stanford, is normally. Uh, would take a year-long effort of reaching out to people to get that many people to sign up. Now, the question is, how many of those people are going to actually be accepted into the study, and how many people will carry through with the study? That is an excellent question, because it's, oh, I'll, I'll sign up for this study, sure. Oh, wait, well, you want me to do what? I'm, I'm playing around with my phone and checking out this new thing that Apple just released, because it's really cool. Yeah, sure, why not? Wait, I don't, I'm, whatever, I don't care about this. I'm not doing this. You want me to put my phone in my pocket and walk in a circle? That's, uh, no, I'm good. Yep, not, not worrying about it. That said, even if, you know, 1% of them do it, that's 110 people. It's not bad. It's not bad. The other side of it is maybe the studies will start changing to account for this idea where we no longer have to, to kind of um, – you can tailor the study to make it easier to figure out new things, right? Previously, studies have been, this is my guess. Let me go out and collect the data to either confirm or deny it. But now there's enough data coming in that you can actually say, well, what does this data just show? Hmm. I, I'm also kind of fearful for the amount of uh, privacy concerns over this as well, because the healthcare data has always, as you know, been pretty stringent about privacy issues. Yeah. So then all of a sudden I've got like basically third party apps that are supposed to be talking to, well, not my doctor. Well, it could be talking to my doctor. Um, I, I mean, that's part of the HealthKit and Google Fit thing, though, is that it, it pulls the data from the other apps without communicating it across a bunch of different servers. So the other, it, the, the whole thing is supposed to be HIPAA compliant. Okay. If this was on Android, would you sign up for it? The research kit? Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I've already activated Google Fit. So once Google follows Apple and does the same thing, yeah, probably. Well, yeah, because Apple is supposedly making this open source, but it's like, okay, so it's open source for... (laughs) iOS devices? Yeah, iOS devices. I don't know. And even if it's open source, I mean, can Google really just go in and say, yeah, we're going to do the exact same thing? Legally, yes, but can they afford to do that? I don't know. Okay, so research kit. The new MacBook, which is actually smaller or thinner than the MacBook Air. So where does that leave the MacBook Air then? So the MacBook Air is not the smallest one anymore? No. But what? Yeah. Why would you do that, Apple? Why not make this the MacBook Air? Because this is the new MacBook. I am confused. I think the MacBook Air next version is going to literally be a bag of air. That's my guess. It's going to be an iPad with the translucent screen because, you know, they don't even have room for a backlight. (laughs) So you have to hold it up to the light. Yeah, you have to hold it up in the air with a light behind it to actually figure out what's going on. So yeah, so it's a new keyboard, a new trackpad, and it's got two ports on it. One is your headphone jack. The other is one USB-C port, and that's it. So, power? Power goes through USB-C, I guess. Um, external things, like drives and keyboards and mice? 
Somehow you got to go through all of it's got to go through one USB port or wireless or wireless. I'm sure, yes, I'm sure it yes. has Bluetooth. Yes, it does have the Bluetooth in there. So yes, you could do a Bluetooth keyboard, Bluetooth mouse connecting via Wi-Fi but, to your printer. But like all of my USB normal stuff has nowhere to go. I feel like the first accessory that's going to come out for this thing is going to be a USB hub that goes USB C to USB. Yeah, and not only that, but like it will also have the HDMI connection on it, or a DVI connection on it, or a VGA. Oh yeah, connect. there's no display connection on this, is there? <laughs> no, it's going to be a USB C that literally it's like the Dell things, your Dell laptop docks. It's going to be that that plugs in through the C. That plugs in through the C. Wow, that's what I, I'm guessing. That's going to be the first <laughs> major third party accessory out there. I can see a a dock where it's actually a vertical dock. And so you put the laptop in sideways. You know, it'd be great, though, if you get the nice big monitors. Yeah. And then you slip this in the back. Slip it in the back. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. I like it. That would be actually pretty cool. Or or, uh, you could almost design a dock that would clip onto monitors. Could do that. And then you just slip this into it. It would slip into the back. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, it comes in gold now, which I was like, well, that's a little bit on the gaudy side. Just a little bit. And then the last announcement from Apple. More stuff about the Apple Watch. Looks like it had a little bit of a redesign. A little bit. There are now two buttons. Yes. They realized they couldn't get away with just one? Nope. Now they've got the li- the little dial and then the little button. Okay. 18-hour battery life. I will believe that one when I actually see somebody use it for 18 hours. Well, I believe it would have an 18-hour battery life on your finger, like on your on your wrist. Yes, it will sit but, there unused for 18 hours. But not if you're actually using it and doing That's it. what I, I want to see some real-life numbers, but we have yep. to wait for these things to actually, you know, be out for those to appear. I wonder if you could start making keyboards... Where the the wrist rest of the keyboard is a wireless charger. Well, for these ones, the wireless charger's on the inside face. Right. So you have to take it off your wrist. Hmm. It won't charge through your hand? Nope. Well, then I got nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Starting price for the cheapest one, which is the Apple Watch Sport, $349. Yeah. The most expensive one, which is the one that has the 18 karat gold, um, approximately, they said, about $17,000 with all the bells and whistles. Wow. The, yeah, the, the watch edition, which is the gold one, starts at 10000 So, um, yeah. I could buy a car yep. or buy an 18 karat gold Apple watch. I could redo my backyard. Huh. Well, maybe not. I'm looking at redoing my backyard where we're going to try and get some prices, but I, I guess uh, you, don't, on a you price, don't like the slope. I don't like that slope. I guessed on a price and my friend who does excavation and, and landscaping said, yeah, it's, it's probably pretty close, but you want to get an actual quote like thirty five thousand dollars. I don't doubt that you got a lot of earth you need to move and you got some retaining walls you're going to have to put up in place then as well. Yep. But you've you've seen in pictures my backyard. Yeah. Could you imagine if that was flat and, like, I had that space to use? What are your neighbors going to think, though? Because you're going to have to dig into that hill. What do I care what my neighbors think? <laughs> True. If I hire an excavation company to come in and take out that hill, then they'll do a good enough job where I don't care what my neighbors think. Very true. Now, are you thinking, like, retaining walls on all sides, or are you thinking, like, a little bit of a gradual slope? 
Uh, retaining walls on three sides. Okay. And maybe stairs up one of those sides so I can get to the top. Because it won't go all the way to the property line, just really close to it. <laughs> but, like, I'd have to take out a loan to do this. I don't doubt it. I don't, I don't have that kind of cash laying around. Having watched enough of Homes on Homes, I don't doubt it. Homes on Homes? Holmes. H-O-L-M-E-S. Yeah. Mike Holmes. Like Sherlock Holmes? No, no. Mike Holmes. Mike Holmes. Yes. What does Mike Holmes do? Mike Holmes is a Canadian uh, home improvement contractor. He started a show many years ago called Homes on Homes. And basically he just goes in and fixes houses where you know the contractor if they like the builder or something screws up he comes in and makes it right okay anyway apple yes Yay. are you thinking about ever getting any sort of wearable device yes absolutely yes i don't know what i don't know when it needs to wait a little bit longer i'm glad that other people are investing in it and checking it out and seeing what it's like but it, it's not where i want it to be yet yeah, wearing my gear fit, there's about like three things in here that I wish would be different. But Yep. And, you know, maybe my next phone will be like a Samsung phone and maybe I'll get the gear fit. Oh, please don't get the S6. Please don't get the S6. No? No. Did you listen What's... to last week's episode? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Side note. I'm uh, apologizing to everybody for the audio in last week's episode. I don't know what you're talking about. It was bad. Oh, okay. It was was Very it bad. was it was it bad? Yeah, it was bad. Do I actually not want to go and listen to it because it was so bad and I'll be like, "Oh god, we should delete that and hide it." I have that, that ability, you know. I know you have that ability. I can go in and just remove the episode. But yeah, the new S6 has a smaller battery, a which is non-removable and it does not have an SD card slot. How much memory is in it? Well, that depends on how much you want to spend. Okay. Let me just try and find what the uh, memory sizes are. Uh, 32, 64, 128 gigabytes. I don't really need more than, than 32 or 64, so I'm not feeling so bad about no SD card. Sure, that's what they did say was the fact that, hey, most of the people who use our phones only use, like, this amount of storage. And I'm like, because it's a pain in the butt with you have half your stuff on your phone internal memory and the other half of it on the SD card. But there's... yeah. Also, Android hasn't played nice with SD cards since, like, version 4. Yeah, no, they have not. Or 1.4, whatever they are. So I'm really not that worried. I mean, my phone has, uh, I think, a 32 gig internal. I'm not using that much. The camera is using 3 gigabytes, and that's probably from just a couple of videos more than anything else. So, yeah, I've got the the Samsung Gear Fit here. I'm I'm part of that wearable trend, but this Apple Watch, though, 350 bucks. It's a lot. Yeah. But then how much are the watches on Google Play? Let's see, mine normally, this Gear Fit is, what, 200 bucks? The new Pebbles, what, the new Pebble is something. Android Wear. Pebble Free Steel shipping. is 180 right now. Uh, let's check out the Moto 360, 250. LG is $300. LG Watch, $230. So really, it's not that much cheaper. Now, the Pebble Time, which is the new one that's com- that's going to be coming out, is going to be uh, $200. So yeah, it's... Yep. If, this if I feel like there's those... going to be one major competitor to the Apple Watch, it's probably going to be Pebble. Pebble is... Uh, they're doing a pretty good job, but uh, I think there's there's other competitors. 
I'm a little, um, this is one of those cases where I'd really like to have a store that has these, where I could go and try on a couple of them and see how they feel. Because some of these look really nice, like the Moto 360 looks like a really nice watch. But I, I need to actually feel it on my wrist to say yes or no. I'm not about to drop $250 on something that I might say, well, you know, I actually don't like it. Yeah, that's the other problem is the fact that it's like, okay, so you got the Fitbits. Fitbits were like 100 bucks, But you... That's okay. New idea. Company that rents out wearable devices to try them out. Or, you know, Best Buy could just get a couple. Yes, that also would be nice. But then, no, like, you could you could rent it out for a week to try it out. You, it's, you, you rent it for a week. Only, like, I'd say, what, 20, 30 bucks, something like that. You try it out if you like it, then you can purchase it. If not, you just mail it back. Oh, hey, Best Buy has the Asus Zen Watch, which is what I was actually looking at. Anyway, anyway, moving, moving along. Uh, YouTube, since What's we're on Android YouTube? and Google. YouTube tried something new, and it actually kind of blew my mind. Using HTML5 and ridiculous amounts of programming and really cool stuff, Google has produced 360-degree videos. Really? Yeah. Huh. 360-degree videos. You can move the video while it's playing. So if I get my cell phone from across the room and open up one of these videos, you I can, can play do it, it in Chrome. I can do it in Chrome? Do you have Chrome up right now? Yes, I have Chrome up right now. Click play. On what? Any of them. All right, the Red Bull 360 experience. Okay. Probably going to kill my bandwidth. You might want to, well, so the quality starts pretty low. Quality starts at 360p, uh, but it goes up to 4K. Oh, dude. And, yeah. Go ahead and pause the video and you can still move around. That's crazy. Yeah. That's just crazy. Now combine that with something like the Oculus. The Oculus or Google Cardboard or something? Yep. I'm guessing you're going to need a special camera to record these things. Uh, the camera is up at the very top. Ah, well, there. that looks weird. Yep. Huh. <laughs> 360 videos will take up to four to five times as much bandwidth as traditional videos. Well, that makes yep. sense. But, I mean, it, imagine the possibility of doing this as a movie, right? Oh, man, you're going to have to rewrite a lot of rules about filmmaking if you do this 360. Yep, because you can't have all the sound equipment around. No, you can't have you the can't microphones. Have, you can't. You can't. Yeah, you can't have microphones above you. You can't have other people visible. You you will have to rebuild the fourth wall. Yep, That's, and the fifth and sixth wall for the for that matter, <laughs> the uh, ceiling and floor. Yeah. Oh, geez. but also the the ability of like telling a story and having things happen off camera. There is no more off camera except that people are only going to be able to see in one direction at a time, which means all of the sudden you gain replayability in movies. You know. Okay. So we were uh, we've been watching Due South recently. Due South was a Canadian show that actually was first canadian show to actually be broadcast on american primetime television mm-hmm. um and at the end of the first season they did an episode which was basically their version of rear window where they just didn't move the camera well no they uh they, but it's the only thing where the guy's like you know peering into the other windows into the in the hospital that he's in okay but yeah everybody does every everybody i think has done their own little version of a castle did their version of rear window i think stargate did a version of rear window it's one of those things that always just it's it's an homage right it's a very special thing so think about doing a uh 
video, a movie like that where it the movie just seems normal unless you're able to spy the individual little bits of yep. nuances that's going on around you. Yep. I would I'd encourage uh, filmmakers who have a here's where I want their focus to be to have a mode where it will just automatically track the quote unquote front or where it will it will automatically take you to the action or there will be an indicator saying, hey, you probably want to look this way. See, that's the other problem with I know Roger Ebert was upset with a lot of the video game people. So a lot of people in the video game industry were upset with Roger Ebert, but he did talk about the idea of 3d movies and virtual reality movies many years ago about and he said it part of the filmmaking process is the fact that you're able to direct what the audience sees what the audience sees and what you know is important yeah doing a 3d video i could be uh, literally i spent about 30 seconds staring straight up in that 3d video yep so there'd need to be a mode where you you give up free control. Yes. But come on, haven't you ever been in like a, a movie where you're like, wait, what happened over there? No, turn back, damn it. No, yeah, there are some times where I'm like, whoa, what what, what just happened in the background there? Is yep. that a pony walking around across the back? What? Yep. Jump scares would get a lot harder to do. Yeah. But <laughs> that means that they'd get rid of jump scares. Which I'm okay with because I startle easily. And jump scares are a cheap cinematic trick. Yes. That should disappear. Yes. Forever and ever. Yes. I'm not arguing with you on that point at all. Right. Man, it's going to be interesting to see how people deal with that. I would love to... Somebody should just give Spielberg a 3D camera and just tell him just to just try out you something. A, you mean a 360 degree? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. 360 degree camera. Just tell him to try out something. It's like, go nuts. Go have fun. Go have fun. Do something. I feel like Google has enough cash on hand that they probably could get Spielberg just to do a little something something on the side. (laughs) It's just like, hey, Steven, uh, we'd like you to produce something for us. Just like, go nuts. Do something. Do something. Just anything. Anything that you want to do with this this 360 degree camera and just see what happens. Yep. I am amused that for for right now, for the immediacy, and this is something that Google is going to be knocking out very quickly – you actually have to run a Python script <laughs> to produce these videos. Yeah, what week are you on, by the way, of the program? Um, that's a good question. I may have fallen off the bandwagon. <gasps> it was going too damn slow. I know, but you see, you're starting with people who know nothing. Yes, those first couple of chapters were, yes, I know what a variable is. Right. Yes, I know what a function is. But now we're actually finally getting into things where, yeah, you know, you have to actually Read and write, write, try and accept sort of stuff there in a, a, a forever loop with a break built in. Oh, oh, he's he's having you do a forever with a break? Yeah. Oh, gross. That's terrible programming. Writing infinite loops directly into your program? Yep. That's a terrible idea. It's an infinite loop built into the program, so unless you type done, it will keep going forever. That's, well, uh, uh. I guess if if you have a process for an unknown number of times and you want to go until you say done, that sometime is needed. But but that's that's not. Is he having you do it as a for loop? Uh, I don't remember. It's like week six. You'll you'll get it if you hop back on the freaking right. wagon. Hey, well, let's do all this together. Okay, yeah, well, sure, I'll do it. No one, and then no nobody. No one was doing it that that I knew of, and Julie was doing it, and Bri was doing it. I was doing it. Yep. I just didn't able to stop for these stupid study sessions, which yep. at the beginning seemed pointless. Yep. 
all right, maybe I'll get back on it. You can probably whip, you can probably whip your way through a couple of weeks there without a problem. Yep. I mean, so the, the infinite loop until something happens technically is a while loop. So if that's how he's having you doing it, that's fine. But if it's like four I plus plus and with like no, 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 no. it's a it's a while true loop. OK, that's that's fine. Yeah. So while true. Wait, OK, so yeah, everything's true? always going to be true. Uh, I guess there are times when you do that. There's a lot of games that do that, actually, for the main loop. It's just while true. But you, you could still potentially write it. You know, while this variable does not contain done, it's better than while true. Except while true doesn't need to check. So, okay. Oh, well. Oh, so good news. Yeah. The FCC net neutralities are out. Out? What do you mean out? Like, you can actually go and read the whole net neutrality order if you wanted to. All 300 pages of it? All 400 pages of it. 400 pages. 400 pages. Now, note, the last 80 pages or so are just the uh, Republicans, basically their rebuttals to it at the back end. So it is technically about 320 pages. And let me tell you, there are some pages where there are more footnotes than there are actual text. Because, yes, I'm that nerdy that I've started reading this. And what have you discovered? That they're really trying to cover their bases. That's what most of those footnotes are, is basically the justification of why the rules are the way they are. It's like, okay, we say this, and there's a footnote attached to it, and the footnote brings up about eight different examples of why they said what they said. So why are they saying what they're saying? Because they don't want to have this thing get challenged in court. It's going to get challenged in court again. That We already know that for a fact. But they want to cover their... It's a lot of CYA. This thing is mostly CYA. Okay. 400 pages. Yep. Anything good in there? Um, they're actually going to... Clar- your, the ISPs are supposed to be clarifying exactly uh, the costs that you're paying. So there's supposed to be a lot more of a transparency. If you look at your cell phone bill, rather than you know getting like random titles and fees, that sort of stuff, it's actually supposed to break down what those costs actually are. So that's going to be interesting. <laughs> executive bonus, executive bonus, executive bonus. Um, so what's next is the fact, okay, so this thing is, it's been released to the uh, Federal Register, but it has not been um, printed yet. So the FCC finally released the order saying, okay, this is our thing here. We're basically, it's, it's the gold version. It's getting sent to the printer. Yeah. But until it actually gets printed, then nobody can... Um, Enforce it. Enforce it, and, well, it's 60 days after it's been printed is when it finally becomes uh, legal. Yep. And once it's actually printed, then the companies can file for a lawsuit against it. So, um, the due to something called the Paperwork Reduction Act, it actually, the proposed rules that uh, require people to report to the federal government have to be reviewed by the Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs. Okay. To determine if the reports are really necessary or an unduly burdens, uh, burdensome to the government. Ah. So it has the the paper the rules that require the companies to report to the government have to be, get approved by this. Once they get approved by this, then it can actually get approved by the government printing office, and then it can be published in the Federal Register. And then 60 days after that is when they go into effect. So right now we're currently in a limo. Most people are expecting it to actually be approved by the OIRA and get printed by the 23rd. Of March? Yes. Wow, that's fast. Well, 
I feel like that the FCC most likely would have sent these things ahead of to the OIRA as soon as possible, but who knows? Who knows? So the other thing be- is, you know, the the companies, Verizon, AT&T, Comcast, who are going to try and put the kibosh on this. Yes. As soon as it's published, they're allowed to start uh, filing appeals against it. But not until it's published? Not until it's published. So they've got 60 days to file the appeals before it takes effect. Yes. And you know that they have their appeals written now. Pretty much, yeah. And so... Um, they could all, if they really wanted to, put their appeals in all the different courts. But most likely, if that happens, then uh, within the first 10 days, they're all considered at the same time. And then there's going to be basically a lottery to figure out what court it's going to be on there. But most likely, whatever court it gets attached to, Verizon is going to um, probably ask for it to be moved back to the same D.C. court that they won in last time. Yep. So then... well, And they will... Ask for a stay. Yes, they're going to ask for a stay to put the whole the the rules on hold until due to judi- judicial review. And oh my god, this is a big freaking mess. Yep, I mean you you can't really blame Verizon for wanting to protect their their profits. No, you you yeah. right. They they are a public entity. They are publicly owned. They are allowed to make money. No one is they, denying Not that only are fact. they allowed to make money, their prerogative is to make money. Due to their shareholders and such. Right. Their prerogative is not to provide service. They are a publicly traded company. Their job is to make money. This is why I prefer to work for a private company. So, it's really okay, weird so using once, these terms public and private because typically when you say a public company, you mean like government owned. So I, I guess I should... Can, I should amend that with publicly traded. Yes, there's, there's versus privately, privately held, held, publicly traded, and then publicly owned, which is yeah, the government. Government, yeah. Governmental agencies would be publicly owned. Okay. So yeah, so once ever this happens and they end up in the D.C. court, briefings will probably get done by the fall and arguments for this case will start next year. Unless it goes up to the Supreme Court, in which case who knows where it'll go, when it'll get there. No, that's just the, that's just the start of the arguments will be beginning next year. Right. Who knows where it will end up after that, but we've got at least a year before anything even starts to happen. Yep. Unless the first court that... Verizon comes to says, no, shut up and go away. Which I highly doubt that will happen. I highly doubt that'll happen, but it would be so funny if it did. <sighs> so is there anything else you want to hit? Uh, I mean, there's a ton of other things here, but what else do we have? Da-da-da, no, 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 no. Google's inventing uh, a new wheel that can actually uh, take the heat generated by your tire running on the road and generate Good electricity. Year. Good year. Good year. Not Google. Sorry. Valve, is- has, Valve has terrible customer service. And would like to try and make it better. Really? Yep. They know that they have really bad customer service. I have not uh, had any problem with Valve's customer service. Granted, like the two times that I had to use it were pretty simple stuff. Yeah. There's a game where you get one life and that's it. Well, then I... Uh... If, you, if you die, and it's not so much an if, it is when you die, you are no longer allowed to play the game. Wow. Yep. When you lose, you can no longer play this game. So that's kind of cool. Uh, Google Code is shutting down. Long live GitHub. Yeah, GitHub has has kind of ruled that area. Yeah, it Version has. control for the win. And that's it. Um, somebody's putting a lawsuit against the big three, well, the new big three, which is Toyota, Ford, and General Motors. On what? On the fact that the major automakers are have failed to take basic measures to secure their vehicles from hackers. Ah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that too. 
So there's going to be a lawsuit against that, so that's going to be interesting. And I think, yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, uh, Robin Thicke and Pharrell Williams have to pay $7 million due to blurred lines. Yeah, I don't really care. All right. <laughs> like that one, I, I know it's a big thing for the music industry. Don't really care. All right. Review? Review. It is review. your turn, my good sir. My turn. I'm going to review the Ambling Book Player. Ambling Book Player. Where it just kind of ambles along. This is an app. It is an Android app. It is actually a very old Android app that has, uh, it's still around. It's still working, still updating. And it is an audiobook player. Really? Yes. And has, if, if you were to step back. Yes. And before you open this thing up and really look at it. And you have an audiobook player. What would you like it to do? Um, be able to rewind and go fast forward or by chapter. Okay. Uh, remember exactly where I left off. Yep. Um, some of the audiobooks, oh, their their formats are all over the place. So I wanted to be able to take however the format is set up and basically be able to readjust it as needed. Okay. Okay. So speed up, slow down, fast forward, rewind. Um, I don't know. Maybe some some bookmarking okay. of different sections. So this has about half of those. Okay. Uh, it does not have, to my knowledge, the ability to speed up or slow down the audio. It does have jump ahead by 15 seconds, jump ahead by a minute, as well as back up 15 seconds and back up a minute. Uh, it has bookmarks, so the ability to add bookmarks. And it has the capability of handling a bunch of different formats, including M4A and M4B. Oh, good. And MP3, where the audiobook is split up into different MP3s. Very good. So a lot of audiobooks that you get from the internet uh, have, you know, like each MP3 is a chapter. Well, when you add them to this program, it keeps them as separate MP3s, but breaks them, keeps them as different chapters. So there is a forward to the next chapter button. It also gives you two uh, progress bars. There's the overall progress bar, and there is this chapter progress bar. You can, as I said, put in bookmarks. You can even put in a sleep timer. Ooh. So that you say, you know, play for the next 10 minutes and then stop. And it's not free, but it's not that expensive either. No, Pro Edition's only nine bucks. Yep. That's, that's about, according to my follow-up, about six months of answering Google opinion surveys. Yep. So it's not that that pricey. It's pretty good. Uh, it does have a portal to an audiobook store, which I've totally ignored. But you can buy audiobooks through it. And other than that, I mean, it's it's a good little program. I've enjoyed using it. Hell, I bought it. That should say enough right there. Yeah. Oh, no working with Audible. Womp, womp. Yeah, no Audible integration. Well, that's because Audible uses their stupid proprietary format. Yeah. If you want to listen to an Audible book, get an iPod. Yeah. That's, that's my take on Audible. But this is what I use for most of the book club books. And it's really great when you get those those books that are split up by chapter by MP3. Yes. This is oh God. the best solution I've got for that. Because oh. it does combine them into a single book. So that's that. Well, it's not I like bad, it actually. a lot. It's good. It's worth the 10 bucks. If you're a big audio book person, if, which right yes, now I'm still trying to... If you keep listening to audio books. The other, the other really, really, really cool piece of it is if you go to your public library... They have a lot of audiobooks on CD, so you can copy those off. Just, you know, saying. Because nobody carries a CD player with them anymore. Right. 
just just saying your your library has a a good source of CDs with audiobooks on them. Not that that's a legal thing to do. Speaking of which, I actually got to go back to the library and return one of the movies. Oh no. We haven't watched it yet either. You should watch it. Yeah, I know. It's about George Takei. Ooh, hello. Yes. Oh my. Oh my. Okay. Yeah, I'm reading his book right now, too, and I'm like, oh, well, there's a movie about it. So that'll be interesting to... Uh... Yep. Oh, my. Yeah. He talks about where that originated from, too, which was I thought was pretty funny. Where does that come from? You can actually thank Howard Stern about that. Okay. If that taints it at all for you. Not really. Okay. Right. Should we do the random topic? Yes! All right. Rolled ahead of time. Name the opponent you feared the most in the board game diplomacy and explain why. England. Hansowitz. Oh, you're going for player. He just said opponent. Yeah, I, I, was, I was interpreting that as which region. Oh, okay. So if I had to pick, if I had to pick a country, I would say Turkey, actually. Yeah? England is so hard to get to. England is hard to get to. Right? But there's a, they're, they're at a slight disadvantage for coming onto the land, but they're so hard to get to. You have to, as a land-based opponent, really commit to building a fleet. And by the time you really commit to building a fleet, England knows. Yeah, and everyone else is running over you with their armies. I say Turkey because if Turkey can get Russia on its side... Doesn't that mean that you're just as afraid of Russia? No, because Russia Russia can be dealt with. Turkey Turkey and Russia can go after it, and then Turkey can so easily just literally stab a knife into the gut of Russia. Yeah, but Russia can do the same. Russia can sit onto Turkey. It's. I feel like it's a lot. It's a lot harder. Russia has to deal with a lot of stuff up north because they're so massive. You have to deal with England up there. You have but, to deal with but Germany Italy and Austria-Hungary. Can pretty easily, you know, uh, confuse and, and split up Turkey. I feel like Turkey, in the hands of somebody good, can. But they depend on Russia in that case. Yeah. Who does England have to depend on? England doesn't have to depend on anybody, really. England doesn't depend on shit. England is their own country. They don't need to make an alliance with Russia. It's helpful to England to ally with France and just carve up the Iberian. I love how I literally do not have a diplomacy board in front of me, but in my head I know exactly what you're talking. It's like, oh yeah, that and that. Right, Spain and Portugal. Yep. There you go. England takes one, France takes the other. And then they turn around and beat up Germany. Yeah. That's a standard opening. (laughs) Or England and Germany make friends and beat the shit out of France. Yeah, no, the actual opponent. Ooh, I don't know, the couple of times Moberg played? Moberg and Phil. Moberg and Phil, yes. Oh, Eric and Phil. Phil. I, I actually am going to count them as a single opponent because they did that. They basically made a, a 100% alliance of Russia and Turkey and said, we don't care what you're going to say. We've made an alliance and we're sticking to it the entire game. Yeah. There was nothing we could do to break them apart diplomacy man that was uh that was insane yeah it was does the board count as an opponent or the clock the clock i do believe would actually count as an opponent because as the game progressed you get tired yeah you get real tired real easy i think the clock was the hardest opponent the clock is what i was most afraid of because if you lose everybody else gets antsy and wants to do other things but if you're winning you, you have to race against the clock Yep. So England, Moberg and Phil, and the clock. The clock rules all, though. The clock... The clock is what I'm most afraid of? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's that. Yes, that is. Well, then, I guess that's a wrap. 
This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.